the Baltimore Ravens pick up a huge 28 to three win over the Cleveland Browns big divisional win gets into three and one on the 2023 season. We talk about everything that happened and the trouncing that we just witnessed coming up next year on locked on Ravens. You are locked on Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast, part of the locked on podcast network, your team every day. to another edition of Locked On Ravens, where your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Ostriker of Ravens Wire, here with you on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every single day. Thank you so much for tuning into this instant reaction live edition of the show, making us your first listen each and every day. Are free and available all podcasting platforms that includes over in video form on YouTube. Today's episode of Locked On Ravens is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn's out to find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockdownNFL. LinkedIn.com slash LockdownNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. And we're back here. Ravens pick up su- such a massive win. I can't even put into words how big of a win it is for them. 28-3 to over the Cleveland Browns. Now, usually, it's a bit of a cursed score, as we saw in the Super Bowl between the Falcons and the Patriots. But does not matter this time around as the Ravens get the job done offensively. It was a little bit of a slow start, but the Ravens end up again getting it done. And I think finding something at least on the offensive side of the ball as the game went on defensively was phenomenal. Again, Mike McDonald wouldn't be shocked if he gets a head coaching opportunity, maybe even as soon as the offseason. Hopefully he stays in Baltimore for the long haul, but he's been out of this world. So we're going to be talking about what we saw from the Ravens offensively, defensively, takeaways, trends were now to see and I know right now I'm competing with uh with Marlon Humphrey's Instagram live so if, if you're in the chat live with me I'll be sure to uh, keep me up to date on everything that's going on with Marlon because uh, I know the those victory Instagram lives are uh are something else but I, I do appreciate everybody for tuning in be sure to subscribe audio form video form where five days a week well now more yeah, we do the live streams after every game so be sure to stay tuned for those on YouTube and those will be after the fact in audio form as well and be sure to subscribe on subtext that's in all caps below whether your audio form video form is one-on-one text conversations and that you know i do stuff over there no more exclusive content which has been really really fun and in the chat you know david garcia coming in saying get him kevin o let him know what time it is kevin o positive playing big dog appreciate you david uh you're you're a real one in here so thank you for tuning in and we're gonna get into everything i know it was an exciting game didn't really start off that way the defense played great all game, but offensively for the Ravens, it was a bit of a slow start. The Ravens really needed the, their defense to go and get the job done where Brandon Stevens has that interception on the tip drill. I think Arthur Millette was the one who ended up tipping it up to Brandon Stevens and the Browns. You know, Amari Cooper came over and tried to get him down, but Brandon Stevens got up and, and ended up returning at 50 plus, well, 51, 52 yards. And for me, I think, the Ravens' defense put the offense in that position, but the offense wasn't helping themselves. There was the fumble on the Lamar to Justice Hill exchange where it was Lamar like kind of flicked it into Justice Hill's chest, and it didn't really look like it was clean at all, but the ball comes out, the Browns get the ball back. But the thing was the Ravens, I don't want to say they caught a break, but look, they, they played against Dorian Thompson-Robinson instead of Deshaun Watson, even though I'm not sh- sold on Deshaun Watson in Cleveland. 
I think he would have been a better option out there than this rookie quarterback who, look, had a great preseason. I actually think had, with a couple of off seasons of work could be really good in the NFL. But going up, your first start is against this Ravens defense that historically has played really well against rookie quarterbacks and really well against rookie quarterbacks starting their first game. It, it was just a recipe for disaster for them. But let, let's start offensively. We'll talk about defenses as the stream goes on. And I know I'm kind of perusing Twitter for the latest storylines as, as this goes on. But Lamar Jackson, we can start off with him in this one. I thought played really well. I mean, I, you know, had the fumble, which was on him, I think. But outside of that, finished 15 of 19 and was really efficient. You know, we saw him dice up the Browns with a lot of good throws, 186 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions, also had nine carries to 27 yards. I think the CBS broadcast said it was Lamar's first game with two passing touchdowns and two rushing touchdowns, which is actually kind of hard to believe that that is is actually true. At least I think that's what I heard on the broadcast, but it's kind of crazy that, you know, he's done so much both with his arm and with his legs. And this is the first game through five plus seasons that he's had two rushing touchdowns and two passing touchdowns in the same game. But he had a lot of great throws, especially on that drive right at the end of the first half. He connects with Mark Andrews for the incredible touchdown and the ball goes right over. I think it was two Browns defenders heads. He had that ball to Melvin Gordon, which he dropped in the bucket over a Browns linebacker on that. I think it was a wheel route that Melvin Gordon ran. He also had to throw to Nelson Aguilar in the end zone that Aguilar couldn't catch, but or couldn't come down with it and come down in bounds. But that was a drop in the bucket throw as well. Lamar just looked really dialed in from the second quarter on. And the Ravens didn't really have to do too much on offense in this game because, again, the defense just did so well that there wasn't really a need for them to have to go out there and be too, too creative. I mean, obviously they had to get the lead. But, again, the defense put them in that position. And then the offense scores a touchdown, let Lamar run, which Lamar run up the middle. It, it's just, it's money every single time. So <laughs> sign me up for that run whenever the Ravens get the opportunity. They, they've done it short, intermediate, deep, like they, all three phases. It's been a long run, short run. It's It's been incredible for them that it's been working with such consistency. But other than that, I think the Ravens got back to more of an identity today. I don't think the Ravens really had much of an identity through the first three weeks, and especially I think that showed in the Colts game in week three. But the Ravens end up running 33 times for 131 yards. And this it had to do with game, it game script a little bit, just trying to run the clock out, play safe. And I, I know there were some people who were a little upset that the Ravens were being so conservative. But to me, it's just like, it's not to the point where the Browns offense is doing anything that makes you worried that they're going to all of a sudden get back in this game down three scores at halftime. And the Ravens were, even though there were three and outs, three and outs, three and outs, the Ravens were forcing three and outs on the defensive side of the ball. And Dorian Thompson Robinson could not get anything going. So to me, the game plan was just look, run the clock out, get out of here as healthy as you can. The Ravens had a couple of injuries to defensive backs and also to Morgan Moses, so we'll probably get updates on those as the week goes on. But I, I wasn't necessarily feeling, uh, I don't know, I wasn't feeling a need for the Ravens to go out there and just run up the score and try to do all this stuff and put stuff on tape up 28-3, to 21-3 for most of the second half in a game that the Ravens' defense was not allowing anything to happen. So I wasn't superly overly concerned about that. I, I do get, like, oh, you want to try to just get the stuff on the field and work through some things, but it wasn't necessary to me. Running-wise, though, Gus Edwards led this team 15 carries for 48 yards. That's 3.2 yards per carry. It wasn't necessarily a wonderful Gus Edwards game, but again, the Browns started to sell out and stop the run as the game went on. So I do think that 
Gus Edwards had a better game than the stats say. Justice Hill, three for 33, coming back from the toe, foot injury. His cutting ability was on display in this one. Lamar had nine for 27. Melvin Gordon had three for 21, including a huge 22-yard gain. So actually it was one for 22 and then two for negative two is what his actual stat line was. Tyler Huntley, two for eight. He came in from Lamar. We got Tyler Huntley time. Pro Bowl quarterback, Tyler Huntley, by the way. And then Zay Flowers on a reverse had one for negative six. But I think it was a fine day running the ball. I think the Ravens got back to the ground and pound action they needed to, and it was what the game dictated and what the game flow dictated. And to me, that was fine at the end of the day. And Evan Rhodes saying, good win today, but I'm kind of upset I wanted the Broncos to lose so they can get ready to blow it up and we could trade for Sertan. He's worth high draft capital. Sertan would be a heck of an ad for this team. He He's probably in that Jair Alexander vein for me, though, Evan, where I feel like the Ravens aren't going to part with that draft capital. I think Sertan would be multiple first round picks and more same thing with Jair Alexander. I think there's more of a, a reason, especially if they had lost today, but there would be more of a reason for the Broncos to trade Sertan than there would be for the Packers to trade Jair. I just don't think there's really a reason for the Packers to make that move, but obviously if the Broncos are going to blow it up and they're going to get high draft capital and this, that, and the other a loss today would have gone a, would have gone a long way, but Evan did say good win. So I'm sure you're happy with the win Evan, but corner would be great. They did lose three defensive backs today. Arthur Millette, uh, Daryl Worley got injured, and then they, they lost another one as well. I can't remember who it was. I think it Millette was the concussion, Worley was the shoulder, and Jalen Irma Davis, I think he got hurt on special teams. He was the other guy who got – he was out. But they might get Pepe Williams back next week, so he, he might be an option. But receiving-wise, the Ravens opened up the field a lot more as the game went on. Mark Andrews had 5 for 80 and two scores. He is the mayor of Cleveland, mayor of Ohio. Mayor Mark is what I'm calling him now. Save Flowers, 3 for 56. Melvin Gordon, one for 23. Patrick Ricard, one for 14. Then you have Devin Duvernay, two for eight. Nelson Aguilar, one for four. Gus Edwards, two for one. But again, you have Mark Andrews, long of 36. Zay Flowers, long of 43. Melvin Gordon, long of 23. The Ravens took more shots, more down the field, at least. You know, that Zay Flowers play, Lamar made something out of nothing. The offensive line held up and Flowers got open. Mark Andrews, again, was just all over the field for the Ravens today. It felt like the Ravens were trying to open up the field more in this game. I don't think it truly got opened up to the fullest potential they could. I think that comes when Odell comes back, when Rashad Bateman comes back. But they still did enough to, I think, make the defense respect that enough so that they couldn't play up all the time. Then once the score was out of hand, that's again when Cleveland started to sell out, stop the run, really stack the box. And that's, again, what game flow dictated. But when the game was still in the, in the balance and being decided, the Ravens still, at the end of the day, did enough to win the game early and then hold on to it late, which is what they should have done, at least in my opinion. But coming up in the second part of the show, we'll talk about the defensive side of the ball, key takeaways from this one, and we'll start to get into a little bit of trend action for the Ravens. So be sure to stay tuned. Plenty still to get to on this live instant reaction edition of Locked on Ravens. But first, this episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. And these days, every potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs to find the right people for your team faster and for free. And for me, I've, I've had a ton of great experience over on LinkedIn, finding jobs, finding friends, jobs, etc. 
And it's really easy to create a free job post over on LinkedIn Jobs. All you have to do is add your job in the profile hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. They have simple tools you can use, like screening questions, make it easy to focus on the candidates just the right skills and experiences. So you can prioritize who would like to interview and who would like to hire. And it's really important to both start and end the year strong and the right team member might be able to help you do that. That's why LinkedIn Jobs is rated number one by small businesses in delivering quality hires for sitting competitors. Linkedin Jobs will define the qualified candidates you want to talk to fashion for sure for free. LinkedIn.com slash LockdownNFL. LinkedIn.com slash LockdownNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. We're back here. It's our second segment of Locked On Ravens. Kevin Ostreicher still here with you talking Ravens football, talking 28-3 to instant reaction edition. Thank you so much for being here live on YouTube or after the fact, both in video form or audio form. Five days a week, Ravens content, analysis, updates, everything. So tell a friend, tell a family member. We're here for him. This is uh, we're almost at episode 1,100 consecutively for me, which is still so crazy to think about and where the Ravens were back at the beginning of that 2019 season versus where they are now. And if you remember that 2019 season, the Ravens played the Browns in week four. They lost that game 40 to 25. It was their second straight game, giving up 500 yards of total offense to an opponent. They went out there and made a plethora of changes that did not go that way in week four this time for the Ravens. Cause they came out to play and overcame a decently slow start by the offense. But to me, the offense got it together and the defense did enough early to not let the game slip out of hand. And it had to do with the Browns quarterback situation a little bit. Deshaun Watson out with the shoulder. Dorian Thompson Robinson comes in. He, it was a rough day for Dorian Thompson. I, I, I kind of feel bad. I'm not even going to lie. And I know that, yeah, we're still, Marlon's still on victory Instagram live at this point. Apparently Kyle Van Noy's on there. I saw that. And uh seems like the locker room is special. And I'm, I'm sure I'm going to see the clips after the fact. Yeah, it's uh, it's it, Marlon's Instagram lives are probably the thing I look forward to the most after road wins, personally. Like, that's what I look forward to. But let, let's talk about the defense a little bit because no Marlon in this game, no Marcus Williams, no David Ajabo, no Adafi Owe. And the Ravens hold the Browns stats-wise. We can talk about team stats for a second defensively. The Browns only had 2.6 yards per play. They only 2.6 yards. That's incredible. 2.6 there. That includes 1.8 yards per pass. I mean, Dorian Thompson Robinson finishes 19 to 36, 121 yards, three interceptions. And obviously some of these stats have sacks put in them as well. The Ravens have three sacks. The Browns end up actually getting four on Lamar. And part of that is because Miles Garrett is literally not of this earth. But the Brown, it's it's a little misleading because late in the game, Pierre Strong had that what was it, like a 40-yard carry. And then there was an interception. But yeah, Pierre Strong had a 40-yard carry late in the game. So you take that away, and the Browns probably average under two yards per rush or maybe under three yards per rush, probably under two yards per play, which is just crazy to think about. Elijah Moore had one carry for negative 20 yards. The, the Browns had a lot of self-inflicted mistakes in this game. I'm not trying to discount how the Ravens played. Obviously, they played well enough to win even without those mistakes. But they were missing a ton of tackles, the Browns were. And they, they put the Ravens in advantageous situations. And it was different this week compared to last week because last week the way the Ravens didn't capitalize on those advantageous situations. This week the Ravens did, you know, one play after that Brandon Stevens interception, end zone touchdown. Getting the ball back, they start to hold on to it a little bit, drain the clock. There were some three and outs, and I, I do understand that. But to me, I think it was an overall awesome game by the defense. Roquan Smith, and no one surprised, leads the team in tackles with 10. Kyle Hamilton, five. Patrick Queen, five. Arthur Millette, five. 
But I think, again, Roquan had a couple of really nice pass deflections that, honestly, both could have been interceptions. Kyle Hamilton had his first career interception, so congrats to him. Patrick Queen flying all around the field, a sack for him. Jadavian Clowney was disruptive, only two tackles on the box score, but missed probably two sacks, another insane tackle for loss he also missed. So for me, I don't know. It, it was a good defensive game for the Ravens, and it's their second straight. Like, this one was just suffocating. Like, Dorian Thompson Robinson went out there, and you, you just knew it was going to happen because of the fact that the Ravens play rookie quarterbacks well, as I talked about in, the, in first career starts. I think Brian Finley was one. Who Dennis Dixon might have been another one. All those games going up against the Ravens, and this goes back to Don Martin. We're going up against the Ravens defense that has so many different looks they can throw at you and how badly they can confuse you, plus the pressure they bring. It, it was a recipe for disaster there. Plus, again, the self-inflicted wounds overall. The Browns also had a couple of injuries that happened throughout the game. But, hey, guess what? So do the Ravens. Injuries happen. I'm not using that as an excuse here. But I think defensively what we saw was the pressure on Dorian Thompson-Robinson was really – it was hindering him, and he wasn't getting the ball out, and then he had a couple of rookie plays where he was just trying to do too much, like the, the pitch play, which I don't know what the heck was going on there. But the accuracy was off. Like, he was off accuracy-wise. Balls behind receivers, balls not getting to receivers in the deep game. He wasn't really a threat, and that's why I think, to me, the Ravens were fine offensively doing what they were doing – which is being conservative later in the game, because I didn't like there was not a drive where Dorian Thompson Robinson went on the field for me. And I said, Oh, I'm scared. They're going to go and, and drive down the field and score a touchdown. It just never happened with me. I think partially it's because the Ravens defense is that good. And they're still waiting for reinforcements like Marcus Williams, like Marlon Humphrey, et cetera. But also the Browns offense without Nick Chubb, they have major questions. You know, I think Jerome Ford is awesome. I think Amari Cooper is great. I think Donovan Peoples-Jones is underrated. David Njoku, I think, is a, a great tight end. But if Deshaun Watson, and obviously he didn't play in this game, but if Deshaun Watson cannot elevate those guys and play like he played in Houston, that offense is going nowhere. So to me, the AFC North, there are questions, and it's still very early in the season, but there are major questions about the Bengals. They just got blown out by Tennessee. Major questions about the Steelers. They just got blown out by Houston. And then the Browns just got blown out by the Ravens. To me, at least, I think that the Ravens, this is their division to lose. The early returns, at least. Again, there are still Ravens questions. It's not, they haven't won the division yet. They still have to do so. But the Ravens look like the most competent team in the AFC North right now. They have to go on the road again, play Pittsburgh at Agnesia Stadium in week five, and whether Kenny Pickett will be available for that or not, I'm not sure. I don't think I have, I've seen an update on his knee, but it'll, if not, it'll be Mr. Trubisky and that Steelers offense. But the defense, the Steelers defense, despite having some talent on there, has struggled for the most part. So I, I don't know. Obviously, the Cleveland game, they were great. But giving up all those points to Houston raises a bunch of red flags for me. So I don't really know. Where the where the Ravens will say, oh, well, this isn't our division to win. It absolutely is a division to win right now. The Bengals are probably going to have to put Joe Burrow on IR. I mean, it, there's no reason he should be playing. The Bengals made a huge mistake by letting him start the season and play the way he has. The, you know, Burrow's never been a huge like arm guy. Like his arm talent in terms of deep ball accuracy and deep ball throw power has never really been there. But I don't really know. And Joe, Joe popping in the chat saying AFC North might be the worst division in football right now with all the quarterback situations. I mean, it, the Ravens, I think, should be lucky with Lamar and they have Lamar. But look, Cincinnati's in a huge 
they're in trouble right now. They're in a huge bind with the way that Burrow is still actively hurt. Jamar Chase is, you know, complaining to the media almost every other week. It's a disaster over there right now. They almost lost to the Rams. They could be 0-4 right now, theoretically. Then you have Cleveland. Who knows how long Deshaun Watson is going to be out. They do have a bye then San Francisco, so maybe Watson gets right. But even so, there are still going to be questions about, oh, well, can Deshaun Watson even play even close to the level he was playing in Houston? And then Pittsburgh's just a, a disaster, a mess. Like Kenny Pickett, I don't think is the answer. Mitch Trubisky is not the answer. We, we know that. And then I think Mason Rudolph is their third guy. So th- there, there are no answers in Pittsburgh until at least next offseason. I think Baltimore is in the best position. I'm not saying they're going to win it. That'd be getting way too far ahead of myself. But I think they're in the best position right now to win the AFC North early on. Maybe things change. Maybe things happen. The Ravens have to stay healthy too, or at least get healthy. So I don't know. And we have Kenny in here who's a Browns fan. Kenny says as a Browns fan, I have to say Lamar Jackson owns us. I'm embarrassed. He owns the state of Ohio, both the Browns and Bengals. I appreciate you being here, Kenny. I know it's always tough to uh, tune in after a loss, but uh, I give you a lot of credit for being here, especially in a Ravens show. Look, the Browns defense is for real. I'm not questioning that. I think, are they the number one defense in the NFL through a full 17 games? You know, I didn't think they were at that level. But look, when you have Miles Garrett, when you have all those guys out there, I thought Andrew Barry did a good job. But to the Ravens' offense's credit, they found holes in the defense to expose. And part of it also had to do with the fact that the Browns' defense, even though the Browns won the time of possession battle by about 20 seconds, the, the Browns weren't used to being on the field like that defensively because their defense was so dominant and the offense with Deshaun Watson and Nick Chubb could hold out drives for the Browns. It was three and out turnover three and out, like, you know, one first down the Browns went well four on, I think, yeah, the Ravens went four of 12 on third down. The Browns went four of 16 on third down, but to Kenny's point about Lamar. And I, I will use this as an opportunity to plug a tweet I put out earlier in the day. Cause I went and I looked it up the Ravens, Lamar Jackson, since Lamar came into the league, Lamar is a starter is 14 and three against the Browns and the Bengals combined over his career. He is the owner of the state of Ohio. He's the governor, and you can call Mark Andrews the mayor because over the course of Mark Andrews and his career, in 21 games against the Browns and the Bengals, Mark Andrews has 98 catches, 1,199 yards, and 16 touchdowns. So to me, Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews, they got that connection back. I thought the offense played really well as a whole. Outside of the first couple of drives, I think they had to, they had to warm up, and it's weird because the Ravens have either started slow and ended fast, or started fast and ended slow over their four games. Texans and and Browns, they started off pretty slow, but then they they got it together, and the second half was a really strong offensive half. But in the Bengals and Colts games, they they had great opening drives. The Bengals game was more consistent than the Colts game, but the Colts game they fell off offensively, and it was it was not a good one. So. The Ravens, they've had the Browns number for a while now. I think John Harbaugh is, I don't, I'm not going to remember the exact stat. It might be 26 and four against the Browns as a, as a team well, since, he's t- since he took over in 2008. But it was a big one for the Ravens. And coming up, we'll be talking about what is next for the Ravens, looking ahead to Pittsburgh a little bit, but also continuing to talk about this Ravens and Browns game where the Ravens, hey, they got the better at Cleveland. They earned a win with a dominant performance. So be sure to stay tuned. We'll be right back on this instant reaction live edition of Locked on Ravens talking week four football. But first, this episode of Locked on Ravens is brought to you by FanDuel. And step into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book right now. New customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets. 
win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use. They have a wide range of betting options also. That includes spreads, player props, over-unders, and a lot more. So if you bet Ravens, you're probably happy if you bet that over on FanDuel. Maybe you bet over on Lamar Jackson's total touchdown props, and you ended up cashing out there as well. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. We're back here. It's our final segment of Locked On Ravens. Kevin Allstriker still talking with you here on a live edition of the show. Coming to you after the Ravens 28-3 win over the Cleveland Browns. Moves them to 3-1. and one, Moves them back in a sole possession of first place in the AFC North. And moves them to 2-0 and in their division. Especially, uh, to me, that's one of the most important parts. Because they play Pittsburgh on the road this next the upcoming week. And then if they're done with the AFC North road games until maybe the playoffs. But I think at this point, again, the AFC North is the Ravens division to lose. So they might not have to play another AFC North road game until next season after week five is over. But we're a five day a week Ravens podcast over here, YouTube audio form. So you can find us Apple podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you get audio shows also on YouTube five days a week and more when we do these live streams, which we do after every single game. So be sure to subscribe to notifications on, tell a friend, tell a family member we're here for you. I've been doing this every single weekday since August of 2019. Here we are in October, happy October, uh, 2023, which has been incredible. So I appreciate all the support. You can also subscribe over on subtext, which is another way to support me and my work, which is one-on-one text conversations. Cause sometimes I just, I don't see notifications on Twitter because I'm getting all these notifications. So that's a way for me to definitely see conversations and get back to people, which has been really cool building up this community, Twitter community, subtext community. It's been great. But I want to get to a point from Kampachi here saying, I'm stoked for the dog, good momentum going into Pittsburgh. And yeah, I mean, the momentum that the Ravens got heading into a Pittsburgh game, which the Ravens and Steelers always play tough. I talked about Lamar owning Ohio, but the Ravens, I think if if you had to pick one team in Lamar Jackson's career where where he has struggled, it has been Pittsburgh. I think if you had to give the kryptonite, I think he's gotten over the, the chiefs were the original kryptonite. (laughs) He got over the chiefs, was able to win a game there. But I think if you have to go like kryptonite, kryptonite defensively, the Steelers defense has always given Lamar problems. It's just a fact. It's been the team he's played the worst against over the course of his career consistently. So the point here, yeah, definitely. It was momentum for Lamar, momentum for the offense, at least going into a Pittsburgh team right now that is trying to find answers and struggling. But John John says the Ravens will likely be favored in Pittsburgh. You can go find those odds over on FanDuel. They'll probably be favored throughout the the course of the week. And Woodrow saying it was nice to have a comfortable win for once. I know it was always like you're, you're sweating as a Ravens fan, right? You're like, they're, they're going to blow this somehow, or it's a close game all the way. It was just, it was just really nice to to have a nice win where you could – it wasn't all easy. Like, I think once the 21-3 once the got out, I was like, all right, I don't think Dorian Thompson-Robinson has what it takes to, to lead this team back. So I was able to sit back a little bit, relax, find some stats. It was, it was very nice. So I'm with you, Woodrow, on that. Anthony Vito in the chat saying, you're the man, Kevin. You're the man, Anthony. I appreciate you tuning in and being here. But let's just let's just round out the Ravens game here, and then we'll we'll move into what's next for them. I think what I saw defensively from the Ravens, and it's very hard to, I think it's harder to take away defensively in this game because I think this is what we expected the Ravens to do against the team with no Deshaun Watson and no Nick Chubb. I'm not giving the Browns an excuse because hey, guess what? The Ravens also had a laundry list of injuries, but against a rookie quarterback with the way the Ravens defense has been playing. 
That is exactly what they were supposed to do, and that is exactly what they did. Roquan Smith, Patrick Queen, Kyle Hamilton, JV and Clowney all stepping up in the best way possible and making the Browns offense pretty much a non-factor. And then I think offensively, the big thing there was is, you know, as we heard, momentum, right? We've gotten a couple of comments about that over the show so far. Momentum going into a Pittsburgh defense that has given Lamar Jackson problems. Maybe they get Odell back next week. Maybe they get Rashad Bateman back next week. Maybe Ronnie Stanley comes back. I I would guess, if I had to guess, I guess Marcus Williams would come back because he had the two full practices. Maybe they were just playing it safe. If Marlon starts to practice this upcoming week, it's 50-50 because maybe they hold him out for safety, like precautionary things before going to London. But if Marlon gets in three practices, maybe he plays. I would say hopefully one of Rashad Bateman and Odell comes back, but they're starting to get reinforcements back. And the fact that there are so many questions about the division outside of Baltimore right now, there are still a couple in Baltimore, right? Like you can talk about, well, is the pass rush going to be consistent, consistent? Can the offense be consistent? And can these receivers outside of Zay Flowers start to have an impact once Odell and Rashad Bateman come back and everything? But I just think the questions are so much bigger for the other three teams where I would not be shocked if the Bengals have to put Joe Burrow on IR, which would effectively punt their season with them being one and three already. I think to me, the crazy part of this is I, I think the division will come down to Cleveland and Baltimore. Um, this might be a bold prediction. If you're listening live, you're hearing it live. I don't know. I think the Pittsburgh quarterback situation is too far gone for me to have any confidence in them as, as a competitor in the North. The only way I can see Cleveland being competitive is, is if Deshaun Watson again, gets back to his Houston form. And out of all the quarterback situations, it's weird because I'm not a big Deshaun Watson believer at all, but I don't believe in Kenny Pickett at all right now. I don't believe in Joe Burrow and that Bengals offense to go out there and and fix everything as long as Joe Burrow is still injured with the calf. If he can somehow miraculously get back to 100%, then we can have a different conversation. But the Bengals made a mistake by not putting him on IR and letting him get, get back to full health. And they're one and three, which honestly, if they put him on IR, let him heal for four weeks and got him back in week five, they might've been one and three anyway. And then you bring back Joe Burrow, hundred percent healthy. You can focus on the comeback. It was, it was a huge blunder by them. The Ravens have played it safe with their players and they're three and one. And that was that that's what every team should do. Unless it's like a very weird circumstance where, where the players itching to get back, they need the player. But in my estimation, I'm not a doctor. Don't get me wrong, but playing your guys when they're hurt just is, is it aggravates risk-free injury and it's just not not a thing that I would do personally so I think the Ravens have taken the right approach and maybe they could have had Marcus Williams back this week but guess what they go into Cleveland and they trounce Cleveland without him and they could get him back next week at 100 percent or at least cl- as close to it as you can get full health for Marcus Williams so it's it's tough for me to see at least early a way where the Ravens aren't the favorites right now I think that they have to be at this point, considering there are so many big questions. But week five against Pittsburgh is going to be no gimme game. I mean, you're, you're still going to have to go out there and play really well against a Pittsburgh defense that has pieces. George Pickens and, you know, Najee Harris hasn't really, you know, I think he's fallen off since his rookie season. But the Pittsburgh team, you're going to have to have another big performance. But if you can, if you can enter week five with this momentum, which they are, and then exit it with a win, you're four and one. 3-0 in the division, and at least, you know, effectively, if the Browns, well, the Browns have the bye, so you're effectively two games up on the Browns, three games up on the Steelers, and with de- depending on how it's with the Bengals, three or four games up on the Bengals with tiebreakers, 
so early in the season, but to me, that is just an incredible way from what we were talking about last week, which is can the offense be consistent enough? Can the defense continue to carry the offense? The perfect formula for this Ravens team is for the offense and defense to work hand in hand, where the defense dominates and the offense puts points on the board. That's every, it's every team. I'm not saying anything that's news, but if there's some balance where I think sometimes the defense is going to have to pick up the offense, sometimes the offense is going to have to pick up the defense, but if they can work hand in hand, I think like we saw in this game against Cleveland, where if the defense dominates enough, the offense can just be conservative, score some points and run the clock out because you don't have to worry about the, the opposing offense getting points on the board. Maybe if the offense can score 40 plus in a game, the defense can just kind of sit back, relax. And I don't want to say just play super conservative, but you don't have to worry about giving up points because you're already up 35 points in the third quarter. So this was, this was a step. This was a positive step in the right direction. The Ravens have Pittsburgh in week five and then Tennessee and London in week six for a game across the pond, which will be really exciting. And I know that coverage will be awesome. So it was a big game for the Ravens, a big win, a trouncing, honestly, of the Browns 28 to three. And I appreciate everybody who tuned in to this Locked on Ravens live edition, postcast edition. Again, be sure to subscribe. Video form, audio form will be with you every step of the way. Talking Ravens and everything that this team does over the course of the next couple of weeks, couple of months. And wherever this team goes, I will be there covering it. So be sure to stay tuned for more Locked on Ravens content. We'll be right back here tomorrow talking a bit more AFC North, talking a bit of trends as well. So be sure to stay tuned. we got plenty to talk about coming up this week. I appreciate everybody tuning in again. I'll see you right back here tomorrow on Locked on Ravens.